Hi, this is Ruth Freeman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohev Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C. And welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. So this week we read Parsha Kitisa, which is, first of all, a massive Parsha, and also one that deals with many topics, including, of course, the famous story of the golden calf, um, the Eagle Hazahav, and the subsequent anger, and begging for forgiveness, and punishment, and all of those things. Now, also, towards the end of the Parsha, Moshe, of course, after having the people be forgiven, he's back up on the mountain. Things are going better this time, thankfully. And then, towards the end of the Parsha, we're told that when Moshe came down from Har Sinai with those two luchot, right, the two tablets, finally, in his hand, Moshe lo yada ki karan or panav bedabro ito. Moshe didn't even realize that karan or panav, something we'll translate in a second, or we'll try to translate, when he spoke to God. And what we see is that something had happened to Moshe's face that caused him to look different. And this difference in appearance was, he was unaware of it, but it's something that the people react too strongly, which we'll also talk about. So what we want to think about today is, this is a very famous image, um, these three words, and yet one that I think is grossly misunderstood frequently. So I want to look at it in greater detail. Now, what Karan or Panav, this is referring to that famous image of Moshe having horns. And certainly if you're raised in a traditional Jewish setting, what you hear about is that that is the Christian misinterpretation of what actually happened in the text. Moshe wasn't horned, that's anti-Semitic imagery. And instead Moshe had light coming out of his face, which as we'll see in a moment is reflective of the traditional Jewish interpretation, but actually the literal translation is much less clear. So Back to the literal translation, karan or panav, we have three words and that's our clue. Now, panav means his face. So whatever this is talking about, it's happening to his face. Now, or, you're listening so you can't tell, or is with an ayin, not an aleph, which means the skin. So something happened to the skin of his face. And now, of course, the million dollar question is, what does karan mean? Now, what do you do with this word Quran? <laughs> the truth is that it actually does mean horn. It appears one other time in the Torah as very clearly referring to the horns on oxen. It's the word that just, it, that's what it means. And so it actually makes sense to say that Moshe had horns coming out of the skin of his face. Now, Obviously, it makes sense from the standpoint of that's the translation of Quran, but it doesn't really make sense in terms of what type of image is that constructing, right? You have horns coming out of your face. It'd be one thing if it said, you know, Quran or Rosho, right, that the, the skin of its head had horns coming out of it, where you imagine horns come out of someone's head or some animal's head right at the top, not their face. So the literal translation, yes, is literal but also problematic because then the image is kind of bizarre and confusing. And in that sense, also going back to the so-called Christian imagery, you know, the Michelangelo, he, um, it, actually that would be inaccurate in that it is says it's coming out of the, his face and not his head. 
So contextually, so literal translation, check, contextual, not so much. Now, that led a lot of the traditional Jewish interpretations to go to a different context of the word Quran, which appears in the book of Habakkuk. And there the word is related to light. And so that's where we get, as I said, the tradition, more traditional Jewish interpretation that it's not that Moshe had horns coming out of his face, that he had light coming out of his face, right? Beaming off, his, off of his face. And Rashi connects the two and says straight out, Lashon Karanim, Ha'or Mavhik Ubolet Kemin Karan. Where he says, yeah, it is the language of horns, but then takes for granted that what this means is that light is shooting out of Moshe's face in the shape of a horn, which I kind of imagine, you know, sometimes when there's the way that the sun is showing through the clouds, it, it looks, you know, there's like beams, like it's kind of shattered in pieces rather than just a giant one beam of light. Something sort of like that, right? Where you just have shards of light just beaming off of Moshe's face. And so that is how we get that traditional Jewish interpretation, which has linguistic basis. But yet, I just want to point out, because it's so um, misportrayed uh, in the traditional Jewish set, Jewish settings, still the more probably linguistically accurate way to translate it is horns. Contextually, to say light makes more sense, because the people have some kind of reaction to it. They're afraid of him at first, right? They're kind of not afraid of him, but they're, they're, they're afraid of getting close to him, right? It's, it's like they kind of all, you can imagine they jump away when they see him coming down. He's got light beaming out of his face. And then he has to wear a veil over his face when he's not talking to God so that the people would feel comfortable around him. So, what we're saying is either that can refer to something grotesque or, or that can refer to something that just is reflective of the divine connection that Moshe has developed with God, right? Moshe still is, he's human, yes, but he's spending an inordinate amount of time with God, right? And so this makes Moshe someone where that's really literally beaming off his, his face and everyone else knows that they cannot approach him physically or on his level of spirituality and holiness either. Now, this is itself really interesting, but I also just um, I wanted to present another opinion, which I, I found fascinating, um, quoted in the Ibn Ezra. So his background, he quotes it in the name of someone named Chivi. Now, Chivi, um, his full name is Chivi al-Balchi, if I pronounce that correctly, probably not, um, is from the 9th century. He was a biblical exegete and critic Right? We thought that was a recent phenomenon. Nope, it goes back a very long time. Um, lived in modern day Afghanistan. And this actually debated whether he was even Jewish. Perhaps he was Jewish, perhaps he was Christian, or who knows, something else. And he wrote critical views of the Bible. Um, now, those aren't necessarily really preserved independently anymore, but the Ibn Ezra quotes him a number of times. And so the way that we have a lot of Chibi's views and commentary are by reading Ibn Ezra. And so here Ibn Ezra quotes Chivi uh, and refers to him in a not very nice way and kind of totally tears apart what Chivi's theory was. But I just found it fascinating. So Chivi said, what does it mean, Karan or Panav? 
He says it means that Moshe's skin dried up and hardened like a horn looks. And he makes the obvious point, which is like Moshe's been up on this mountain for a really long time and he hasn't been eating. What happens to people when they are starving? Well, their faces, they, you know, they wrinkle and they harden. They turn that their skin starts to look like the hardened, tough skin on a horn. And so he says also that would explain why the people are afraid to look at him and why Moshe has to wear that veil all the time. Because he looks really scary, right? He, he says, as the, even as we're quotes, the Chivi says, there's no one who looks at a dead person and isn't afraid of them, right? It's the natural human reaction. So Moshe comes down from the mountain like the walking dead. People are totally freaked out. And now he has to cover his face so that from now on, they don't have to look at him, but they can still listen to him. Now, as I said, Ibn Ezra says that this is like absolutely a terrible theory, um, rejects it entirely, uh, says, well, then why would Moshe ever remove the veil? Um, and that also the Torah says, and Devarim that when Moshe is 120, that his you know his face still looks good and his eyes are still good. And so Chivi, you're completely wrong. Um, and it refers instead to that like Hashem's glory and radiance was well radiating from Moshe's face. So what I really wanted to get at today is that I think that what we see is that there are three distinct ways, if not more of understanding this cryptic phase of Quran or Panav, that something had happened to Moshe's uh, skin, the skin of his face. One is straight out terrifying and morbid, right? The last one we saw, Chivi, with the, uh, the skin turning hardened. One is more literal, but doesn't necessarily make tons of sense in context, which is that he did, in fact, sprout horns. And one is the least linguistically sound, but probably the most contextually accurate, which is that Moshe's face was radiating. Now, but just because that's the one that traditional Jewish interpretations really land on, I, that's extremely valid and important. But I also just wanted to, to leave us with the point that just because that's where they land doesn't necessarily mean it is the so-called correct answer. It's how we, our people choose to interpret it, but it's not the only way to read it. And all the other readings are very valid in their own way. Um, if you want to read more about this and to see more information, there is a wonderful article on the website, thetorah.com. If you just, if you go there and you click on Parshat Kitisa, um, the article, it lists a bunch of articles. And this one is called Moses Shining or Horned Face. And it has more information and also extra details about the ancient Near East. Um, and so I leave you with that and Shabbat Shalom.